Gather round, take a seat, relax. It's the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Afton, right here on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Afton of Linksfield Show. It is a privilege and an honor to be here with you. And playing one of our favorite songs, nothing in your life will ever be as meaningful as helping another. Something that deep down we know, but we often forget. Because let's be honest, most of the life's truths we know. We don't necessarily live by them, but we know it. We know that nobody asks and thinks on their deathbed about the deal they should have made and how much more time they spent at work and how many more sport games they should have gone and watched. And we know that, but we don't necessarily live that way. And when somebody comes up and says these statements, you know, like, you know, marriage is about two people giving 100%, everyone's like, yes, most definitely 100%, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't, we don't necessarily live that way. But to truly, you know, digest these ideas, to digest this truth that nothing in your life will ever be as meaningful as lending your hand to help another. It doesn't feel good to be selfish. It actually feels horrible. And a lot of the studies have shown that a big part of our society's ills, mentally, emotionally, is this focus on the I. Now, I know what you're thinking. Okay, so what he's going to say with I generation, iPhone, iPad, I've heard that story for the last 15 years already, move on. Well, first of all, I don't think we need to move on because it's still a very much a fundamental flaw of our society, but also I, I want to go beyond that. I don't think it's only the idea that we're a generation that focuses very much on I in a selfish way. I think it's a, a, we live in a time that living your truth, self-actualizing, playing your part, um, focusing on why your uniqueness is the narrative that's pushed as the solution for everything. Now, I'm not saying it's a false narrative and I'm not saying it's, it's in, untrue. No, it's just, it's not the whole truth. It's part of the truth. And when we talk about self-esteem and self-actualization and finding your calling and knowing your uniqueness and talking your truth and being authentic to yourself blah, 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 when that becomes the whole narrative of what, what it means to live a good life, we run a big risk because we're fooling ourselves. We're fooling the people we're telling them this narrative because, no, living your true self is only part of the answer. Somebody who has the healthiest self-esteem but does not do acts of goodness and kindness with others, someone who has the healthiest self-esteem but is not vulnerable enough to have a relationship multiple relationships in different ways with other people, someone who is so into self-actualization that nobody gets in their way, every single thing about them is individualistic, but yet this person does not have a serious bond with anybody in the world, they won't be happy. Being your authentic self is part of it, but in the last few decades it's become the obsession 
It's the be-all and end-all of reality. But nothing's like that. There's no be-all and end-all. As, as societies, we always go in a pendulum. We go from one extreme to another, back and forth, back and forth. But it doesn't lead us to happiness whenever we go to one of these extremes. So maybe in previous times when it was totally not about the individual, it was a bit imbalanced. They were all, it was just about you know, everyone else. But focusing exclusively on the individual has led us to the most um, despondent, or uh, you know, as one person put it, the most obese, medicated, um, drugged up, broken relationship generation of all cohort of all of history. It's also led, we've lived in times of incredible strength. I'm not saying that, I'm not one of those people that says, oh, once upon a time it was heaven, and today, nah, the total opposite. No, there's incredible strengths and, and amazing things that's come out of this idea of self-actualization and people get, giving people a voice and all that. But at the same time, it's also led to a huge breakdown of society because in the words of Maimonides, ha'adam hu medini, the human being is a social being. You know, evolutionary uh, scientists will always talk about we grew up as small uh, hunter-gatherers and we always had a small group. Okay, whatever, whether yes or not. Um, but what I do know is that within the human being, the, it's fundamental for us to need relationships. It's fundamental for us to to feel validated and to feel comfortable in the embrace of love. Somebody who was never loved by a parent or a primary caretaker will be handicapped in many ways for the rest of their life. They obviously could overcome it, but they really, really have a, a, a lot of work to do. Why? Because from the moment we're born, we have this deep need for being loved, for loving, for caring, to being cared for, for engaging, for having friends, for ha eventually for having meaningful, you know, intimate relationships and marriage, etc., to have children. So it's very much the fabric of who we are to need social interaction. And when the society focuses exclusively on the individual, that causes an incredible amount of breakdown of the, of, of the natural human health. And there's no question that the last two years plus of COVID um, contributed to that isolation, to that loneliness, to that lack of interaction with each other and receiving validation and love and understanding and connection and value from our relationships. And now that Baruch Hashem would finally, um, you know, the mosques are at least can be taken off legally. Some people are keeping it and to each their own. And we can once again see each other's face. Um, hopefully we can also see each other and 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 bring back that natural and the most fundamental human need, and that is of connection. Because no matter how high your career is flying, and no matter how many letters you have before your name and after your name, and no matter how many YouTube followers you have and Instagram followers and TikTok followers, and no matter if you're an influencer or a macher or this or all the other fancy words, we all need 
real relationships and we all need to engage with each other and, and reach out to each other and, and do acts of, of love and goodness and kindness to each other. The Holy Baal Shem Tov used to say for 70, 80 years a soul comes into this world and it could be just for one favor that they'll do for another. In other words, your whole existence can be justified by the one time you reach out for somebody, by the one time you give value to somebody else. The purpose of our life is to be there for each other, not to self-actualize. Yes, we also self-actualize, but the truth is we self-actualize when we focus on the other. You want to build the healthiest self? Focus on the other. This is 101.9, Chai FM. Oh, 
The salt stings their eyes and they fear for their lives. Yet they fight off their feelings of dread. For they know and believe there's a path through the sea that will lead to clear sailing ahead. It's so alive, a journey at sea, a voyage of fate and destiny. The waters will challenge the fortitude and courage of every man. The stars and light of the night, there we are now, our compass, our guide. Follow them true, follow them faithfully till we find land. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM, and you were just listening to Journey at Sea, an incredible song. It just came out a few months ago. Um, seeing life as a uh, journey at sea, tumultuous. And the thing that we're talking about today, the idea of seeing the other, focusing on the other, or as uh, Rabbi Sachs spoke about in his TED Talk, every time you see the word self, replace it with others. So self-esteem, other esteem, self-actualization, other actualization. In that context, you know, when, when you're on a journey and you have someone walking next to you, it's the most incredible, um, it's the only way to truly journey through this life. There's a song when I was young, it was, it was a kid song. I didn't realize it was actually a, a, a real, you know, more mature idea. I thought it was just a kiddie song. Um, it was, and the lyrics of the song were, don't walk in front of me, I may not follow. Don't walk behind me, I may not lead. Just walk beside me and be my friend. Um, later I found out that that's a statement they say in hospice and many other um, organizations use the statement idea of just walk beside me, walking together. That what people need more than anything is for us to walk next to them, not to talk down to them, although it's so easy to mix compassion and sympathy and patronizing uh, statements. It's so easy to bridge, uh, to cross over from compassion to pity. But th there's a big difference between the two. Compassion is with respecting the other person. Pity is with disrespect. It's shame. Shame, what they're going through. Oh. You know, undermining their own strength and looking at them that their circumstances define them versus compassion that says, I see you, I see your value. I feel your pain with you, but I'm looking at you as an equal. I'm not five steps higher than you. I'm not, you know, standing on the top of the staircase and looking down at you and your struggles. And truth is, over the last few years with everybody's struggles, I think we could all, um, we could all be honest that We've all seen, you know, challenges. We've all faced darkness, and we could just look at each other with incredible compassion and strength and love. And one of the th reasons that I felt to talk about this topic today is because this Shabbos, this coming Shabbos, is the 28th yard site to the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Um, it's quite a while. It's almost three decades, 28 years, and very. I was young when I 
got to spend a few years in the Rebbe's uh, surroundings. I grew up in Brooklyn, literally a five-minute walk from where the Rebbe's shul was, five minutes from his home. And although I was quite young, I have quite strong memories of, of the person. But to be honest, I only really got to know his teachings after his passing. I was a young kid um, when he passed away, and I, only a few years later did I actually start getting introduced. And throughout the years, you know, I'm sure various speakers have spoken about various aspects of the Rebbe, and just like any person, how much more so a great person, it's hard to define a person in, in one conversation or even by focusing on one attribute of them. But today I want to focus on one specific attribute and that is the incredible responsibility that he imbued in his students to take responsibility for others. Often, um, I get told by people here in South Africa, oh, your name is Aftson, it's an unusual name, let's be honest, it's really not a common name, and if you're asking me where it comes from, I have no idea, all I know is that it's from Ukraine, but what it means, I don't have a clue. But uh, some people will say, oh, I've heard the name Aftson before, and it's usually, I know you're, I know this Aftson in Hong Kong, okay, who's Aftson in Hong Kong, it's my father's brother, he's lived there for 40 years. And Hong Kong has had its high days, now it's, it's struggling, etc. But for four decades straight, my uncle and his wife, my aunt, um, have stayed there. And that's just one example of countless people that are regular people. And they would feel, they would laugh if you said, oh wow, such incredible sacrifice, wow, you're amazing. No. They're just average people who were taught by an extraordinary individual that your mandate is to live there for others. And what people don't realize is when you live for others, it actually makes your life better. I know this. I know this that in my small little way, being a rabbi of a shul and being there for others, it gives so much meaning to my life. Obviously, there's, you know, hopefully I can add value in people's lives. But when you give, you receive much more than you give. Because when you give, you have the deep sense of, of value. You believe that you're playing a purpose in this world. So like I said before the song, sometimes the way to self-actualization is by focusing on the other. Because it's when you focus on your other that you find the deep meaning of why you're here. Often people get into this very theoretical conversation. Why am I here? What's the purpose of my existence? And obviously, you can get very philosophical about it, and there are very philosophical answers and very profound answers. But at the core level, you're here to brighten up somebody else's life. Who? Not the whole world. You don't have to brighten up 8 billion people's lives in order to feel value. The people in your immediate surroundings, to brighten up their life by doing acts of goodness, kindness, by forgiveness, generosity, graciousness doing a mitzvah together. When you realize the pleasure that a person gets when they give, you'll realize that every other pleasure is meaningless comparison. 
what I say now might sound like a Yom Kippur appeal in the show, but the truth is I'm not fundraising for any specific organization. I'm I'm sharing a thought about giving, and it's not only money, it's anything. And that is what I would tell anybody who's being asked for a donation or being asked to donate their time. Again, whatever the donation is, giving something of yourself. What I would say is stop seeing it as you doing a favor. Oh, I'm going to be so good and I'm going to give up my time for this organization. I'm going to be so good and I'm going to do, I'm going to give a nice check. Well, who does checks? I'm going to make a nice EFT into your organization. No, you're doing yourself a favor. Because when you give and you see the impact of your giving, that's an important thing. Just writing a, just making an EFT and not actually following up has shown to not make people feel the deep value of giving. But if you can give to an organization, whatever organization it is, and then see hands-on how your money is making a difference in somebody's life, you will get more pleasure than the person who receives your gift. Fact. You have to develop a taste for it. Some people have to, you know, either they grew up in a home where their parents nurtured them in giving, so they've developed a taste, or maybe they just haven't, you know, they're naturally attracted. But there's many, many people who have not developed the pleasure of giving. And they might be givers. I'm not saying these people aren't givers. They might be very generous people. But they're doing generosity as a moral thing, which is awesome. But I promise you they would give more and would enjoy it more when they would realize that generosity isn't only moral. It's deeply, deeply rewarding. In other words, being selfless is good for very selfish reasons. That's not why you should do it, but it definitely will motivate you to know a person will do something they enjoy much more than something they do out of duty. You know, you could do a mitzvah because you have to, or you could actually teach yourself to enjoy it. Siddhaka, giving, charity, generous giving, is deeply pleasurable. And if, you, if what I'm saying to you sounds ridiculous, I'm willing to, you know, give you my word that if you give and you're able to see the impact of your giving, and you have to give something that resonates with you, and there's a lot of worthy organizations, a lot of worthy people, but uh, I, would, I always tell people, give to what your heart is pulling you to. You know, you can't give to every single organization and every single cause. There's a lot of good causes. You could give a little bit if you want and spread it out, but... If you really want to have the enjoyment of giving, find something that talks to you, an organization that does something that deeply, deeply connects to you. You know, if you've had somebody that gained a lot from Hatzala, you gained, you had somebody that gained a lot from DL Link. I know they're having their campaign, um, you know, with cancer patients and or the Chev or Yad Aaron. I mean, I don't want to disrespect any of the dozens and dozens, if not more, organizations, CSO, etc., that are in this town, but if you've gotten value of them, you've seen what they do, then give for their sake and for yours. Because when you help others, you feel yourself more value. We were born into this world to be givers. We're also receivers. Thank God not all of us have to receive money from each other. But we all need somebody else. We can't just be givers. We receive, hopefully, from our spouse, and we receive from our loved ones and our siblings, and we receive things from our friends. We're all givers and receivers, but as much as receiving is incredible, 
I mean, it's necessary. There's no question that giving is so much more rewarding. Not only does it feel good to be a giver, like in other words, like I could share rather than take, but the act of giving and seeing the light in somebody's eyes when you added value in their life is the greatest pleasure. And that's why I played the song um, at the beginning of the show, nothing in your life will ever be as meaningful as giving of yourself to help another. To literally give of yourself to another is the most incredible feeling. And I think after two years of so many of us going inwards, some of us might have forgotten or never really met even before COVID the deep pleasure of volunteering for organizations, the deep pleasure of, of giving of yourself. And I'll say another thing. Research has shown, both local research in various Jewish schools and across the, the world, that one of the biggest factors of continuity of the community, that your children will continue what you believe in that they'll be part of the community as much as you. One of the biggest factors, if not the biggest factor, is if they see their parents giving them themselves to the community, volunteering, dedicating hours. When they see that the community, that doing for others is a priority, they see your selflessness, that will attract them and feel like, oh gosh, this, there's value here. But if they just see you know, community as some form of random duty that that pops up once in a while but it's not part of my life of giving then they won't have that deep commitment to the community so even from an educational perspective giving helps you raise the best kids you could ever dream of and giving helps you find the answer to the eternal perpetual angsty question why am i here you're here to give this is 101.9 High FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. Giving of yourself for the other is really the theme of today's Fabringen, dedicating it to the 28th yard site of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, the Shabbos, who taught by example that everything's about giving. When I was young, I was five, six, seven years old, and the Rebbe at that time was in his late 80s mid to late 80s. He would stand every single Sunday for six, seven hours giving out dollars for charity. I was privileged to walk by the Rebbe quite a few times. And you try to hand out dollars nonstop, thousands of them, for five, six hours a day and at a younger age, and you'll see how sore your hand could become. And yet the Rebbe did it every single Sunday and often more than once a week. And that was just one example of incredible giving, not just of money, but of giving of time. And like I remember as a young child at six, seven years old, walking over to the Rebbe and saying, tomorrow's my birthday or today's my birthday. And the Rebbe looking at me and giving me an extra dollar and saying, you know, the happy birthday or Brachavatzlacha, success and blessing. And I was seven. I mean, like, why is he paying attention to me? He has much bigger issues. He has a whole movement to run. But I wasn't unique because thousands of kids, some Jewish, some not, some part of his community, many not, walked by him, young kids, adults, and each one of them was greeted week after week, countless amount of people. And literally the Rebbe lived for others. He saw his mandate to 
fill the world with acts of goodness and kindness, to send out what he called his emissaries to every corner of the globe to bring people closer to their heritage and to bring all people closer to acts of goodness and kindness to make this world a worthy home for God. And I believe that's what's been so captivating about his message, that deep message of selflessness. I've shared this before. I have a first cousin. Our mothers are sisters. Um, interesting, in South Africa, often I see people like, it's such a, it's a lovely community where everybody's family. So when you ask people, are you first cousin, second cousin, third cousin, everyone gets all confused. One day we'll give a special for bringing to explain what's the difference between a first cousin once removed and a second cousin. But it's, <laughs> it's a story for a different time. Um, so this is my literal first cousin. In other words, our parents are sibling. That's a first cousin. Oh, and our children, my child and his child are second cousins. But anyway, um, in 1991, he moved to Alaska. And now he already has, I think, two of his children living by him as well, doing outreach in Alaska. He's an Israeli kid, um, born in Russia, actually, and moved to Israel at a young age when the Soviets allowed him out. And then just after his wedding, he moved to Alaska. And there he's been. And that's just one example of somebody. He's a, he's a regular guy. When you bump into him, he's not like, oh, wow, you must be doing such incredible sacrifice. You know, one of the things you could always, if you want to see like a shocked look on a Chabadnik's face, you walk over to a person who's like doing incredible work and you tell Chabadnik, wow, you must get such a big portion in heaven for what you're doing. And you'll see the look at the face like, who's even thinking about heaven and who's even thinking about reward? We're doing it because of what's right. Not because I'm a saint, not because anybody is like, you know, holier than thou, but because the Rebbe convinced us that it's our mandate. And I think that was the genius of the Rebbe. He literally convinced very average people to be selfless. He convinced people who weren't born selfless, people who were born as selfish and still maybe be in, may be selfish in some areas of their lives, to dedicate their life for a selfless cause. For me, that's incredible. And he literally created an ideology that obviously has many layers to it. The Rebbe's teachings are vast, there are hundreds of volumes and thousands of hours of audio and video. But one of the core ideas of his ideology is go out and make a difference and be there for other people. Love with all your heart. Avas Yisrael was one of his big campaigns. Obviously it's a mitzvah to love a fellow Jew, but by him it, was, it wasn't just a mitzvah, like, you know, go love somebody. It was dedicate your life because you love somebody. Dedicate your life to go find somebody who's going through pain and help them. Live for that. Realize that your purpose in this world is to be there for other people. And the fact is that he convinced so many of us. Like, you know, I think I look at myself. Um, you know, I know it's not confession time, but I know my personality. If I grew up with a very different ideology, if I grew up in a different community, etc., I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. Maybe some people would. I'm sure there's many people born selfless or naturally will be tr attracted to a, a, a way of life that's only about the other. By me, I know myself. I would very much want to live the life of pursuing my own dreams and my own goals. And obviously, I think it's still important in some way. But the idea of giving himself up to a community, it's only because the Rebbe 
and his teachings were so convincing. Again, I never heard it from the Rebbe directly. I was a young child. But getting to know his teachings later on and understanding the man's vision for how to transform the world for good, it was so appealing, so convincing, so true, so non-judgmental, so wholesome, so visionary. It's just so resonant that myself and so many other people like me, thousands of people like me, very regular people, um, have decided to dedicate their life for community work full time. And I'll be honest, if there's thousands of people I know in, within the Chabad community who are waiting for an opportunity. One of the big crises in the community is that there is not enough opportunities for people who want to move to small communities and you know bring Yiddishkeit there. Pretty much almost every small town that there are Jews in the world has a Chabadnik already. And one of the big crises in the community is a lot of guys who have that ideology but haven't found a way to actualize it. Um, you know, and it it's actually causes them a lot of pain. And it's, it's a very frustrating experience when you have people who've raised and hopefully, you know, been raised in a way that they want to give. Hopefully they'll find that platform. But that itself, you literally created a movement of people that are asking themselves, whether they're in business or in rabbinics or in education or whatever, they're asking themselves, how can I be there for another? How can I convince another person to connect to their heritage? How could I help another person with a meal? And for me, that's what I'm going to be thinking about this yard site, um, this Shabbat, is how can I be less about me and more about other? Because I know it. I know it in myself. When I spend a day or a few hours thinking about me and my dreams, I walk out depressed and anxious and stressed and um, despondent. When I spend a day giving and engaging and, you know, being there for others and allowing others to be there for me, I walk out feeling deeply, deeply rewarded. I feel deeply, deeply moved. I feel like I'm playing my part. So if you're one of those kind of people that are like locked in your head or you're feeling sorry for yourself or, you know, you're just asking, where's my next step and what's, I'm so frustrated. I don't have a vision. I don't have a, I don't know what to do now. Or me, 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 What's what happened to all my dreams? You're having a midlife crisis or a quarter-life crisis or a three-quarter-life crisis or an end-of-year-life crisis or whatever crisis you're going through. Focus on others. Find a way to be there for others. And get out of your own head. And you'll find that not only will you make an impact on others, but you will uplift yourself. If you schlep somebody else out of the pit you'll be surprised to know that you're coming out of your own pit at the same time. This is 101.9 Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 Chai FM. This is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson. And just before we wrap up the show, I, uh, I want to finish off like we often do with the show with a prayer. And for me, the prayer is that... Um, we get out of our own heads. We've been locked in our own heads for quite a while. We focus a little less on chasing our dreams, not because our dreams aren't important, but to quote Rabbi Sachs again in one of his greatest speeches, he gave it at the Chabad International Conference 10, 15 years ago. He said, what he's learned in life is sometimes the best way to achieve your dreams is 
go do the right thing and let your dreams chase you. If you have a dream, it will actualize. But you want it to actualize? Don't listen to the common narrative that says chase your dreams, focus on your dream exclusively. No, no, no. Live a good life. Live an ethical life. Grow each day. And it's surprise, surprise, so many of your dreams will be actualized in that way. That, first of all, I believe it's because it's God's reward, but I also believe sometimes from a very psychological thing, you're chasing your dreams, you're, you're becoming tunnel vision, and you're not being able to see the bigger picture and multiple ways of how to get at the dream. And sometimes getting out of your own head, doing good work, etc., allows you to see the world from different perspectives and allows you to then come to the place you come to. But after so many years of spending so much time with ourselves, or just online, but like pretty much not for other. Now that we can go out again, now that the masks are down, at least you can if you want to, go spend time with people. Um, go engage. Go meet friends, go create new friends. I know it sounds superficial, but it's not. It's, 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 it's a deeply moral thing to do. Because we all need each other. We all need love. We all need compassion. We all need to, to be seen. We all want to be seen. And yes, and it's also the need for young Jewish boys and girls to meet each other so that we can hopefully allow shidduchim in our community. Hopefully we can create those kind of platforms as well. That's a topic on itself. Not that I have many good answers. But definitely creating platforms for people to see each other and meet each other and greet each other. And once again, realize that we were not born to be alone. One of the first statements we see in the Torah is, It's not good for man to be alone. God gives him his wife, gives him Chava, Eve, then gives him children and more children, etc. And ever since then, society always has understood from day one, Loneliness, even a, a loneliness, which is different than loneliness. Loneliness is a, almost like a, seems to be a curse. Aloneness is a choice. But even aloneness, when it's done too much, it's not healthy. You might be an introvert, and it's fine. So am I. Crowds can be depleting. But that doesn't mean not to have any relationships. Deep, meaningful relationships, more casual relationships but to see one another. Now that we can look at each other's faces again, try to make an effort that when you go out and you bump into the shop and somebody greets you, see them. I, I'm going to try. Again, I can't promise I'll be perfect at it, but to see one another. Because as we started the show, the Baal Shem Tov said, for 70, 80 years, a soul could come into this world with one mission, and that is just to do a favor for another. Wishing you a great day and finish off with a song called Take the Time. We've played it in the past. Take the time, focus, and see the priorities in life by Ellie Marcus and Mati Feldman. Have a great day. <laughs>